Life Audio. Welcome to the Team Us podcast, where we share how grace, commitment, and cooperation can help couples live the everyday moments of marriage together. Hi, everyone. We're Ted and Ashley Slater. In your marriage, how often do you need to be right? Some of the time? All of the time? And how do you respond when you're not right and your spouse is? We're digging into all of that today and talking about why being right in marriage can be wrong. Well, good day to you. It's Joel with the King Country dropping in to let you know that our brand new film, Unsung Hero, is in theaters now. It's Luke here. We've teamed up with the creators of Jesus Revolution to bring you this adventure of a lifetime. It's a powerful, true story about a family uniting, growing in their faith and facing the impossible together. In theaters now, unsunghero.movie for more information. Rated PG. Parental guidance suggested. What impacts you every day? There is one book that influences almost every aspect of our lives. Museum of the Bible reveals the Bible's impact on your favorite musicians and artists, the way we measure time, social justice, our national monuments, and more. The Bible's impact is all around you. Discover how at museumofthebible.org impact. So, Ted, our episodes this summer have been few and far between. Yep. We have been spending lots of time with the family, with the family. fixing up stuff in the house, in the yeah. garage, staying Clean, busy. Cleaning out the garage because when mm-hmm. you live in Arizona, that's what you do in the summer. No, not really. <laughs> uh, <laughs> it's very hot here. It's very hot here. But we actually have this like vision for our garage. Do you want to talk about that? Yeah. Well, first step was getting air conditioning in there. So we got a mini split. Which is why for us, cleaning your garage in the summer is not so bad. Mm -hmm. Then we got some shelves for all our stuffs. And then the next thing is, and the the purpose of doing all this, is to set up a little area for crafting for our kids. Yeah. So we've been spending a lot of time in the garage with that goal in mind. Mm -hmm. Because our kids love to craft. They do. And... You know, while I don't mind it on the table, sometimes that makes eating dinner really eating hard. Eating dinner a little bit tricky. Yep. Right. Yeah. Okay. So speaking of our girls, yes. sometimes they like to tease me because I like to listen to the Jonas Brothers. Mm, you've listened to the Jonas Brothers for long time, decades, at least uh, years. I don't think decades. I feel like it was when our kids were in early elementary school. Wow. So someone loaned me a CD on a long road trip and I listened Mm. to it. And so sometimes I just get in a Jonas Brothers mood and I turn them on because it's peppy and happy and fun. Yeah, I I, I hear you. I confess that I do appreciate the Jonas Brothers as well. They're a talented band. Yeah. But sometimes the girls will over-exaggerate a little bit and be like, my mom was listening to the Jonas Brothers all week long. So not just exaggerate, but over-exaggerate. Wow, that's a lot. Yeah. I'm not Nora. Yeah. <laughs> I, I don't think Messing it's accurate, you. but mm-hmm. yes. Uh-uh. Okay. So anyways, I was in a Jonas Brothers mood recently while I was taking a walk, you know, and the song Love Her from their album Happiness Begins started to play. I don't know if you remember that one. I do, n- I do not. Okay. Well, I mean, basically it's this idea of working hard in relationships, which I'm all for. 
Mm-hmm. But one of the lines or the lyrics is, because when you love her, no matter the fight, you know she's always right. Uh-oh. And that's all right. Uh, and that's and all so, right. And so, I mean, I've listened to this song several times and I was like, you know, my first interpretation was, you know, she's always right when you fight. But then I thought, well, maybe they mean she's always the right girl. I don't know what the meaning is, but it got me thinking about this idea in our culture that the wife is always right. Mm -hmm. And like a few years ago, I actually wrote an article about this topic after hearing a segment on our local Christian radio station and the host asked one of the guests, I think it may have been like a CCM artist, you know, Mm -hmm. contemporary Christian music artist Mm -hmm. who had just gotten married. And the host was like, so who's always right in your marriage? That's a weird question. Isn't it? No, it's kind of setting up an answer. That's right. Anyway. So what was, what was this response? He said, my wife, you Mm -hmm. know, and the host Mm -hmm. laughed and was like, smart man, smart man. So, you know, I feel like this idea of the wife is always right is often pointed to as like an ingredient for marital bliss, you know, whether it's, well, it's, it's an ingredient for sweeping stuff under the rug. See, I don't actually deal with it. Isn't it kind of like if we're having a a disagreement or a misunderstanding or something and I, and I just say, you're right, I'm wrong. It's kind of like postponing resolution. I see what you're saying because Mm -hmm. you're thinking of it at a deeper level. Okay. But think about a television comedy or think about something like that where, you know, the script writers are saying, if the husband wants to have a happy life, he needs a happy wife. Right. So he well, needs to true. just say, you're right. I'm wrong. I mean, don't you think there is a societal pressure or idea? Absolutely. So that's 100%. kind of where I'm going yep. with it. You're going to something a little deeper, which I do think is true. Mm-hmm. But I mean, think of all the jokes about the wife always being right. Absolutely. And the husband yeah, it's being a cliche. Wrong, right. Right. So I don't know how. <laughs> yes. Thank you. <laughs> uh, so I don't know how many husbands actually like subscribe to this mantra. Although I think I read, I think it was an interview with Hugh Jackman, who I really liked right. a few years ago, who said that was one of the secrets to the success of their marriage. Cause they've been married a very long time is that his wife is always right. If it works for them. Right. Okay. But here's the thing, even though, You know, culture promotes this idea of the wife always needing to be right. This idea of wanting to be right is not just a female problem. It's a human problem. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I can see that. Of course. I don't want to be wrong. Being wrong is not good. It's not fun. (laughs) Yeah. Right? uh -uh. Yeah. And, you know, it's okay to be right sometimes. But when we look at scripture, I think that we're reminded that we're not called to be right as we walk out, specifically our marriages. Mm Mm-hmm. But for the sake of the unity in our relationship, we're called to be humble. Okay, so you're juxtaposing being right or the sense of I must be right or I am right with humility on the other side. Well, I mean, I think a lot of times this need to be right at the root of it is pride, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. I like to say right, don't I? Mm. So that you say yes and you tell me that I'm right. Am, no. I, am I right? Am I right? <laughs> You know, I think that this need to be right is a pride problem. Sure. And actually, you know, a lot of times we think of pride as the opposite of humility. Uh-huh. Right? Uh-oh. Like, what is humility? What, how would hum- you define humility? How I would describe humility as not thinking less, thinking poorly of myself, 
but thinking of myself less often, like sort of forgetting myself in a way. Yeah, not having to always put not thinking of myself more highly than I ought. First, yeah. Right, it's, right. That's it. Yeah, not putting my preferences first. So if something needs to be done, trash or dishes or or whatever, I just won't think about it. I'll just be like, yeah, that's the right thing to do. And doing it. And do it. Yeah, it's kind of a hard word to define. Like we know what it means, but to put into words what it means, which is why I put in my script, Ted, tell me what humility is. Yeah. Again, I think it's not thinking badly of myself. But it's just thinking of myself less often. Yeah, I think that's good. Mm-hmm. I actually found a quote from C.S. Lewis in Mere Christianity about pride that I thought was interesting. Do you know why he goes by C.S. Lewis? Because he didn't like Clive Staples Lewis. Yeah, I'm not sure I would either. No, Clive. Yeah. Staples. I mean, anyway. his His parents must have liked it, though. <laughs> right? Or maybe they anticipated he'd go by C.S. someday. Yeah, I don't know. That's a total tangent there. Do you want to hear the quote from him? I do. Let's hear the the, the quote from Clive Staples. (laughs) Here we go. According to Christian teachers, the essential vice, the utmost evil is pride. Unchastity, anger, greed, drunkenness, and all that are mere flea bites in comparison. It was through pride that the devil became the devil. Pride leads to every other vice. It is the complete anti-God state of mind. It is pride which has been the chief cause of misery in every nation and every family since the world began. Okay, that sounds pretty heavy. (laughs) Right? All right, so we should avoid being prideful. Yeah, well, okay. So we watch anime with our kids. Yes. Because it's relationship building, and we end up really enjoying it. And we just finished one called Full Metal Alchemist, Mm -hmm. which I didn't completely understand everything in it, but I enjoyed it. Yeah. But they have, like, they personify, what, the seven deadly sins, and one of Mm -hmm. them is pride. And I have to say, I hate, hate's a strong word, but that was the one that I disliked the most. Some of the other ones had sort of intriguing qualities or endearing or something. You felt some compassion for him, but pride was just nothing. Right. Yeah. So, I mean. No enduring qualities to pride. Yeah. It was my least favorite character. But, okay. So, let's look at scripture. Mm. In Ephesians 4, 1 to 3, the Apostle Paul reminds all of us to walk in a manner worthy of the calling to which you have been called with all humility and gentleness, with patience, bearing with one another in love, eager to maintain the unity of the spirit in the bond of peace. So, you know, what does that mean? Well, Matthew Henry, in his commentary on the passage, wrote that the first steps towards unity is humility. Without this, there will be no meekness, no patience or forbearance. And without these, no unity. Pride and passion break the peace and make all the mischief. While humility and meekness restore the peace and keep it. Hmm. There's some words there, huh? Yeah. Uh, meekness, forbearance. Uh, word mischief is kind of fun. Yeah. But I think what it really, like, I love how he says the first step towards unity is humility. You know, when it comes to our marriages, each of us can help maintain the peace, not by hoping that our spouse, if ever asks, applauds us as always being right, but instead by humbling ourselves. Because I do think that this idea of having to be right, Mm -hmm. that pride is at its root. And I'm not saying that being right sometimes is always wrong. Of course. Of course. Sometimes you are legitimately right. 
Yeah, and that's okay. And you should proclaim the truth if it's the true. But I think it's this idea of always having to be right or always wanting to be yeah, right. No, yeah. And especially when you're not right, that's gross. Yeah. Or, well, I think sometimes when you think you're right, you can't see that you aren't. Or maybe you're right in a way, but the other person who you think is wrong is also right in a way. Maybe. But I mean, when you have to be right and then you don't handle it well when you're mm. not right, I think pride is at the heart of that. Yeah. The last uh, part of that verse, what was that? Ephesians 4, uh, Ephesians, 1 3. Yeah. Eager to maintain the unity of the spirit in the bond of peace. So unity and peace, like you said, it starts with humility, deference, patience, and then you get that, the benefit of the unity and the bond right. of peace. And of course, everybody in a marriage wants unity and a bond of peace. Right. And chicken wings. Sometimes. <laughs> Some people want chicken wings. Mm. Okay. What impacts you every day? There is one book that influences almost every aspect of our lives. Museum of the Bible reveals the Bible's impact on your favorite musicians and artists, the way we measure time, social justice, our national monuments, and more. The Bible's impact is all around you. Discover how at museumofthebible.org impact. Hi, everyone. If you've been injured in an accident that was not your fault, listen up. We have legal professionals standing by to answer your questions for free. Call now and find out if you have a case and how much it's potentially worth. Call 800-497-4410. I'm here with spokesman John Wolfe. So, John, tell everyone listening who should call right now. Well, Maria, first off, thank you for having me here. It's always nice to answer the listeners' questions. Now, as far as who should call in... Anyone who's been injured in an accident and think you deserve compensation, give us a call right now. 800-497-4410. You'll find out if you have a case and how much it's potentially worth. Thanks, John. You heard it, folks. Take advantage of this opportunity and call now. 800-497-4410. Advertisement sponsored by Legal Help Center may not be available in all states. So how can we daily choose humility in our marriages over being right? So I have two practical suggestions. All right. The first one is to reject me-centeredness. Sure. Okay. Okay. So you know that I love competition shows on like the Food Network. Oh, yeah. Do you remember Cutthroat Kitchen? Oh, sabotage. Yeah. I mean, oh, yeah. I don't think it's, there aren't any new episodes now, but it's still streaming lots of places. And if you're listening to this and you're not familiar with the series, its tagline is where sabotage isn't only encouraged, it's for sale. I mean, that's great, right? Okay. So like at the start of each episode, Alton Brown, who's the host, he basically hands four chefs $25,000 each. Yep. And these stacks of cash, which is pretty funny because it appears as though there's a hundred thousand dollars on the line, but they're going to get most of that back. <laughs> right. The, the producers. Uh -huh. Yeah. But these stacks of cash can be used to buy sabotages like before and during the show's three mm -hmm. rounds. The competitors are given opportunities to use this money to buy ways to sabotage 
each other. Like maybe one of them gets the sole right to taste their food, which means the other three can't taste their food. Right. Like they have tasting spoons. Nobody else has tasting spoons. Right. Or there's been some really bizarre ones oh, yeah, where, like where your arm is, we were, you are tied to one of your competitors and you have to do all your preparation work like with your arm tied to their arm. Yeah. Or you don't have stuff. the right tools to cook or you or, have to dig your ingredients out of like jello or, or you're in a, one of those big blow up sumo wrestler outfits. <laughs> yeah. It's pretty, it's pretty it's great. Pretty it's funny. a fun show, It is, but you know, well, I love to watch, you know, this battle of strategy. I can't talk today. That's strategy okay. and sabotage on TV. That's uh-huh. not something that I want in our real day to day life. Because, you know, sabotage is an undermining of a cause. And I think that sometimes as couples, we do things that sabotage the unity in our relationship. To show me right and you wrong? Yeah. I mean, that kind of thing. feels good to be right, even if it means I have to sabotage you. (laughs) Is that the thing that goes behind it, you think? I don't know, but I think this idea of having to all to be right, uh-huh. if it becomes more important than unity in our relationship, then we are we're sabotaging. Interesting. You know, and I think that that happens every time that we put me, mm-hmm. that I put me or you put you and not Jesus at the center of our marriage. Mm-hmm. Well, using a, a cooking reference, I would think that like if we were having a discussion, discussion about how to make a, what's that kind of dessert thing that puffs up souffle like a souffle and i say you should have baking soda and you say no it's baking powder and then you put baking powder in it and you're cooking it and i jiggle the oven just to make it collapse just to show you wrong Mm -hmm. that's a sabotage (laughs) but it makes me feel good because i'm right but then it doesn't help our unity because right (laughs) and we don't really know which one goes in a i don't even know does baking powder or baking i have no clue uh, Soda go in? I have no clue. That was just an example. <laughs> right. I mean, okay. Practical example of yeah. sabotage and stuff. Like when we decide being right is more important than being united, uh-huh. you know, it's a sabotage. Like when one of us has to have the last word, you know, that's having to be right. You're looking at me like, I'm not going to say anything. I'm going to let you <laughs> keep talking. You've got the last word, my dear. <laughs> All right. Mm-hmm. So... So how can we reject me-centeredness? That's an excellent question. Well, I think that James. Uh-huh. Like our in, neighbor? I have a neighbor named James. Oh, from the Bible. Yes. Okay. okay so James 4, 1 to 2 addresses the issue of disunity within the body of Christ. Okay. And he says, what causes quarrels and what causes fights among you? Is it not this, that your passions are at war within you? You desire and you do not have, so you murder. You covet and cannot obtain, so you fight and quarrel. So he says that, you know, he tells us, you know, the me-centeredness that's sabotaging relationships. But he also goes on to offer strong instructions on how to remedy it in mm-hmm. verses 7 to 10. Okay. And he says, Submit yourselves, therefore, to God. Resist the devil, and he will flee from you. Draw near to God, and he will draw near to you. Cleanse your hands, you sinners, and purify your hearts, you double-minded. Be wretched and mourn and weep. Let your laughter be turned to mourning and your joy to gloom. Humble yourselves before the Lord, and he will exalt you. There's that humility again. Right. So I think when me-centeredness threatens to undermine 
you know, the unity in our marriages, we can put these verses into practice. Absolutely. We can resist the hunger to win arguments. We can purify our hearts of the need to be right. And we can humble ourselves by swallowing the last word. That's good. Right. Yeah. When we do, we're choosing unity, peace, joy, and growth. Yeah. Don't have much to add to that. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So, second way. What was the first one again? The first one was to reject me-centeredness. Reject me-centeredness. Okay. Yeah. What's number two? Number two is practice them both and. Mm-hmm. And, you know, sometimes we need to be right in big issues, but a lot of the times I think it's the small everyday issues that couples end up fighting about and needing to be right about, you know, whether you put baking soda or baking powder in a souffle. Right. It's not worth an argument. Right. I don't think so. No. I say the word right a lot, don't I? Yeah. I need to work on that. Say something else. What's a synonym? Um, Correct. Or I agree or. Sure. sure. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. <laughs> I'll work on them for the next okay. episode. Okay. So a lot of times I think the things that we as couples fight about might not be things that make a huge difference in everyday life. And, Absolutely. You know, like example, how the dishwasher is loaded. Mm-hmm. Although I don't correct you on the dishwasher. You correct it's me. Because I tend to be doing it correctly. This is what I'm <laughs> dealing with. <people. laughs> or what hot sauce is the best. Or It depends on what you're putting it in. Sometimes Frank's is. Sometimes Tabasco is. Sometimes Texas Pete's. Texas Pete's on pizza. Yeah. yeah. Which, why do we not have any Texas Pete's in the fridge? That's pathetic. I know. I'm a loser. Right. Well. Wait, I'm... you said Right. <laughs> I'll consider that a crutch word from now on. Every okay. time you say the word right, I'll snap my finger. Everything I learned in public speaking in undergrad is left. Mm -hmm. Okay. So one of the both and areas in our marriage has been whether or not our feet are covered or uncovered when we sleep at night. I, that's so weird that that was even a thing when we first got married, but we, we, we worked it out. We figured it out. Right. We had genius solution. We decided both and yep. you uncover your feet uh -huh. and I keep my feet covered. Right. Because the covers don't have to be Identical. the same uh -uh. on both sides of the bed. <laughs> right? We should patent. Wait. What? I snapped my finger at your crutch word. Oh, okay. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> anyway, so the both ands are those places where we meet in the middle, where we strike a balance. The places we decide it doesn't have to be my way or your way. They're the places where we just choose not to pick a battle. So, you know, those places where we remind ourselves of the words of James 4.1 about what causes quarrels and what causes fights among you. Mm. And we decide not to make something a bigger deal than it is. Absolutely. That's okay. good. So to recap. Yes. I say the right, the word right way too much. And I will work on that. That is correct. <laughs> <laughs> and as husbands and wives who love and follow Jesus, we aren't called to be right. We're called to be humble. So two ways we can practice humility in our marriages is to, one, reject me-centeredness. Don't play cutthroat kitchen mm -hmm. uh, or cutthroat marriage, I should say. Ooh. Two, practice both and. Yeah. And again, um, you're not just being humble. We're not just being humble for the sake of practicing a biblical virtue, although that is sufficient. But uh, we're practicing humility because it results in unity and the bond of peace. Right. And that's what we want. Yep. I know I said right again. Sorry. <laughs> but then you said, yeah. But my mind was going too. I know we're wrapping up here, uh -huh, uh -huh. but it was going also to this idea of being able to admit when we're wrong. I think that's important. 
Ooh, that's like a whole new discussion, but yeah, definitely. It's not just, I know I said right, sorry. (laughs) I didn't hear anything. It's not just about having to be right Mm -hmm. and why that desire is in our heart. Right. Uh, But it's also about when we are wrong, are we humble enough to admit it? I think there's some thought that needs to go in right. to that. We could, Sometimes it takes a little bit of time you know, yes. to reflect and maybe the passions of the moment to diminish. That's and true. And then we can acknowledge I was wrong there. Yeah, that's true. Do you like my synonym for right? I do. Yeah. Okay. Yes. All right. So for this week's Us Time Challenge, I think it would be great to identify if there are any little areas where you, the listener, insist on being right. And let's provide some examples. Okay. Like loading the dishwasher. That's a little thing, but I do it right and you do it wrong, for example. Or maybe shoes, where they go, or the keys, or uh, Or, spices. Okay, this is not an issue for us because Uh we both have our own tube of toothpaste, but some people... Couple share toothpaste tubes? Maybe. Like where you squeeze it on there or how the toilet paper roll goes oh, on. That's another mm-hmm. thing that, you know what? As we <laughs> are recording this, uh-huh. I am realizing yeah. that I think you are a lot more particular in things than I am. I have been. I've gotten better. That's true. That's true. Right. All right. We are just tangenting <laughs> all over the Stop place. tangenting. Okay. Yes. So identify some, you know, maybe little areas where you insist on being right and resist the temptation to think about where your spouse is insisting on being right. Think about yourself mm, mm-hmm, and then mm-hmm. figure out how this week you could practice them both. And excellent. Yeah. All right. It's very practical. Thanks for joining us on the team us podcast. We're looking forward to next time as we keep talking about how grace commitment and cooperation can help couples live the everyday moments of marriage together. Team us with Ted and Ashley Slater is a production of life audio and Salem media. If you liked what you heard today, please take a second to rate and review the podcast in your favorite podcast app so that more listeners like you can find the show. For more faith-filled, inspirational podcasts, visit us at lifeaudio.com. Scripture and brain science agree. Meditating on God's Word transforms us and reduces stress in our lives. I'm Jody Nisnik, host of So Much More, Creating Space for God, a scripture meditation podcast. And each week I give you space to hear God's word, listen to the spirit and pray about what's on your heart. And then we have a thoughtful conversation with guests to help us go deeper. Listen and subscribe at lifeaudio.com.